Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Great number. So uh, excited to be here. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Virginia Beach Church is, is a church that we hold very close to our heart. Uh, we remember you in the days when we were the other Virginia Beach Church. If you don't know the lineage, uh, back in the day, back, back, even before Pastor Dragoon was here, uh, Pastor T. Harrell uh, was launched out of Newport News into Virginia Beach, and there was two churches at that time. And we would do a lot of uh, compilations. We do a lot of things together. It was always a blessing. Um, it's great to see the faces, to see the growth, see new faces. Always a beautiful thing. Got a chance to travel uh, travel with you all uh, two years ago when we went to uh, Chandler. And the Holy Ghost bus broke down like 15 times. Uh, but God got us there. And I tell you, uh, God moved. God definitely moved through all those times. And the great thing is um, he showed us that, just like our brother Ramon said, that if we are obedient, uh, that God will bless, God will move. Uh, so uh, I hope he didn't hype you up too much. Don't expect too much. Just expect a whole bunch of God. So I got a message for you, and I, I'm not going to lie to you. I actually preached this message to my, uh, my church on uh, the first Sunday of the new year, but I think it's good. I think it's something that will be very fruitful to us all. It's not the traditional New Year's type of sermon. So I, I do things a little bit different. You know, we, we're a little bit more casual. You know, everybody's nice and primped here. We're a little bit more casual in P-Town. Uh, so I actually have a PowerPoint presentation, and I will be showing a few slides. Uh, so if you can pull on that first slide, Amanda, if it's working out, possibly, maybe. So while she's getting that together, first off, I want to tell you, um, uh, your pastor is amazing. His electronic technology, um, he's got everybody together, all the Chandler pastors and all the pastors in the Hampton Roads area on WhatsApp. And I want to let you know um, that uh, we definitely need to pray for the Philippines. Um, I don't know if you know about all the things going on right now and also Puerto Rico. Uh, but there's earthquakes going on in the Philippines and, of course, in Puerto Rico. But in the Philippines, uh, I want to speak about especially is because there was a volcanic eruption there in that area. So please pray for them. Um, there was a there was a message that got sent out uh, to please pray uh, that God would move inside of that area. Um, let me tell you, this is the city of uh, Talese, uh where they had... <clears throat> They had this volcanic eruption, and there's still earthquakes that's going on. Uh, the pastor says, please pray uh, for the city to protect uh, uh, our brethren from destruction. Right now, continues to have earthquakes and pouring rain with mud, and it smells like a storm is in the air. Some bridges are damaged by the earthquake. We really, really need your prayers. You know, and I'm riding over here with my family. 
And here's the thing. You can be here in America. How many, how many soldiers, sailors, coasties, Marines, how many service members do we have? So one thing about the military and why I really like this area is because what happens is it makes us realize that it's a lot deeper than you think. So you may get in your car, you know, put fuel in. Has anybody been to Europe? How much is fuel in Europe? A lot more than ours, right? We put fuel in our tank. We complain about the gas going up two cents. We get in our car. We drive to our destination, drive to our nice house, our nice apartment. And I'm talking to my family this morning, and I'm like, hey, this stuff is going on. What do you do when there's a volcanic eruption? I don't know. It, it, it lets you know about the brevity of what's going on. And Pastor Mel Blanca, he put on here, it's a, it's a group chat. He said, you know what, he had just preached on the second coming of Jesus. Let me tell you, I know a few people here. I don't know everybody, but you better get right. It is getting real out here, all right? When we look at what's going on right now in the Middle East, we look at not only these two earthquakes, but the multitude of earthquakes that are taking place all over the world. We look at the pestilence. We look at the problems. We look at transgenderism and homosexuality. It's getting real. And we need to make sure that we are prepared. And God has put inside of each and every one of us something. He put in some potential. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. So I got my first slide up here. If you can't see it very well, what it is, it's a vending machine. It's a Coca-Cola vending machine. I'm a Pepsi man. But it's a vending machine. And it's got all these soda bottles stuck there. And you know what? We hate when we see this, right? You're in town or you're at the mall. You're in somewhere where you can't necessarily get to a store. And you see a vending machine and you see this happen. And you get obsessed. This may be you in your own life. You know, you're running late for work and you forget to pack your lunch. And you say, no worries. I'll stop by the vending machine. And you get to the vending machine and you see this. It's ridiculous. You know, the interesting thing about this is you see <clears throat> that there's so much potential. You, you have a need. You got the resources to get it. You literally see the potential inside of it, but the machine won't deliver. What I want you to do is put God in your place and you in the machine's place. God sees the need. God has all the resources. He sees the potential inside of you, but why won't you deliver Romans 13 and 11, and do this knowing that the time, that now is high time to awake out of your sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. <clears throat> it may seem like today is just a normal day. Like our brother said, you know, it felt good this morning. Yesterday it was 75 degrees in the winter. That ain't right. Who from Virginia? It ain't supposed to be no 75 degrees in January. Something is going on. Something is changing. See, while everybody is being comfortable around you and they're just, you know, they're adapting to the change, you need to know what's really going on. You need to have your eyes on God. What will you do in 2020? We walked inside and I saw, I saw the little uh, uh, sheet that you had up here. Let it glow in the 2020. So that's really interesting. That's really cool. But will it be more than just a few pieces of words on a piece of paper? Will it be something that we actually do? I've entitled this message, Out of Order, Untapped Potential. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you at this time, God, because we are raggedy, Lord Jesus. 
We come to you at this time, Lord Jesus Christ, because we are beat down, Lord Jesus Christ. We come to you, Lord Jesus Christ, because everything isn't right, Lord Jesus, and we need some restoration, God. God, we see that there's something on the inside, Lord Jesus Christ, but we don't know how to get it out, Lord Jesus Christ. There's so many distractions, Lord. There's so many things inside of our way, God. If you can just tap in, Lord Jesus Christ, to this potential, God. If you can just use us, Lord Jesus. If you can touch our hearts and our minds, Lord Jesus Christ, that we forget the lie, Lord Jesus, and remember the promise, God. Maybe we'll be able to do something for your kingdom, God. Oh, Lord Jesus, I have no faith inside of myself, Lord Jesus Christ. I'm as vile as anything else, Lord Jesus, but I do have faith in the gospel, faith in everything that you say, God. Please bless us at this time. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So first off, Happy New Year. I didn't get a chance to see you. I, I heard that um, you all did an event here at the church. Uh, it was good. Had some fun, some activities and things like that. Uh, what we do out of Newport News Church is we have a no talent talent show. We go up to Newport News. All the churches come together and we had a good time. And you know, people are predictable. People are very, very predictable. And, and the reason why is that we're just creatures of habit. And, you know, I don't know everybody's age in here, but every year you've had a new year. Every year. And every year you know you made a resolution. Every single time. Sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small. But each time you did. And as much as we want to change, how many times did we realize that it just doesn't happen? It's 2012. Somebody that already got a gym membership ain't been. Right. Somebody already. Look, I'm one of them. Right. I told my wife I wasn't going to tell nobody because I knew I wasn't going to do it. I said, baby, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to juice for three days. Now, I eat fried chicken. I eat potato chips. I ain't juicing. But it sounds good. It sounds good. And to be honest with you, I want to. I really want to. But for some reason, it's 2012 and none of that crap has happened. Nothing that I have planned, maybe even for many of you, actually got accomplished. And the reason why is because we've already settled. You know, I preached at my church the other day. I said, what happens is, you know, when you say you want to go to the gym, what you do is you buy clothes. So you don't go to the gym. The first thing you want to, when you want to go to the gym is not get a gym membership, is to go and get the clothes, right? Got to get the clothes, got to get the right outfit. Because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to pull nothing. I got to get the right shoes. So I get all these clothes. I get the shoes together. I'm going to put it by the door. And that stuff is still by the door. Wasted money. Because there's so much potential. It's not that I don't want to do it. It's just I can't really tap in. Can you put the next slide up, please? Why are you running from your potential? Why have you settled? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves every day. Why have we settled into where we're at? We're at a situation where we see exactly what we want to do. Come on, who, who want to live for God? We all do, right? But life happens. I get up in the morning and God. You bless me. You know, I'm doing good. You, you put, you know, continue for air to be coming through my lungs. You continue blood to be beating out of my heart. And you have all good intentions to continue to be a Christian until you get to work. Right? Because while you was at church on Sunday, they was at the club on Saturday. 
and they want to tell you all the stuff that happened. They want to bash you. They want to talk about all these things that's going wrong. And what happens is after a while, we just end up settling. It's not that we don't want to do it. It's just we end up settling. And I, I really like this, this one right here. I thought it was very interesting. It says, emergency phone, direct line to security services. But it says, out of order, keep running. Jonah 1, 8 and 9. Then they said to him, please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? And where did you come from? What is your country? And what, and what people are you from? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, and who made the sea in the dry land. We're going to skip down to 11. Then they said to him, what shall we do with you that the sea may come for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And they said to him, <clears throat> and he said to them, I'm sorry, pick me up. Listen to this. This man said, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that it is a great tempest is because of me. This man told them to pick him up and throw him in. I don't know what kind of boat they on. I don't know what kind of water they're in. I don't want you to pick me up and throw me in a pool. This man said, pick me up and throw me into the sea. But why did he say he said it? Because he knew he was wrong. He knew he was wrong. And just to give you a little bit of a story, so we all know Jonah. You know, people ain't say no Jonah. So, you know, Jonah was a prophet of God, and God had told him to go and preach and witness to his enemy. And he said, I don't want to do that because he knows what type of guy God is. So he said, you know what? Instead of doing that, I'm going to go in the opposite direction. He took his own money and got on the most modern form of travel. He got on a boat to go in the opposite direction. But what Jonah knew is that he was wrong, that when all this stuff happened, all this stuff is going down around him. At the end of the day, he was like, you know what? It is me. Just throw me over. Just throw me over. You know, the interesting thing about why that happens, because Jonah was like, I'm at the end. I can't go no further. Just throw me over. Sometimes you got to throw yourself over. It's not exactly what we want to do, but sometimes we have to. You know, I think it's very interesting if you look at Jonah and you look at Jesus. If you think about this story, they both were at the bottom of the boat, right? We know in the New Testament, Jesus Christ was in the bottom of the boat. They had just preached a great revival. And then, um, and then Jesus was telling them, hey, you got to, you know, drink of my blood, eat of my flesh. People was like, I ain't with that. So they got on the boat, right? And they're sailing to the next area. And Jesus at the bottom of the boat, and the storm comes. Isn't that interesting? And the storm comes. When Jesus comes upstairs, he's like, hey, it's all right. I got you. Jonah, the reason why he asked to be thrown over is because he realized that he wasn't with God anymore. See, Jonah was running from God just like many of us because he knew that God would forgive his enemies. Why are you running from God this morning? Why are you running from God? Why are you willing to take your own resources? Like our brother said, hey, you know what? I, I don't like giving money because I don't got much of it. But he was willing to give all of his resources to get on a boat and go the opposite direction because of an enemy. What's your reason? Let me give you a few reasons why people run. The first one is laziness. Laziness. 
what happens is the bed feels way too good. I'm telling you, you get up in the morning with all good intentions. Once again, I got all good intentions that I'm going to go to outreach. Oh, I planned last night. I got my clothes ready. I got a lunch pack for the kids. We got a good time. And then 9 o'clock hits. All right. Let me get 15 more minutes. And then 9.30 hits. Let me get 15 more minutes. And then it's 10 o'clock. Oh, I'm late, but at least I can get there before they leave. And then it's 11 o'clock. Well, they're already gone now. You have all good intentions to do something, but you're running because you're lazy. Another one is because of pride. Pride is a big one. You know, you see other people doing things in the church and like, I can do it better, but I'll just let them do it. You see other people doing things at your job. You know what? They don't never appreciate me anyway. They don't care about me. Let them have it. Or when you're going through it, here's a big one. See, usually the Christian doesn't deal with those issues. Usually a Christian deals with the issues of the heart. When you're going through it, and somebody's like, look, you know, do you need some groceries? Do you need a place to stay? And the pride is, you know you hungry. Hungry. But the pride inside of you says, you know what, I'm good. I'm all right. Especially you veterans. I can say that because I am a veteran. See, I work for the VA, and what happens is I'm talking to these veterans about the benefit that they've earned, but they don't want it because they can't get past their pride. You know, the, the last reason I was thinking about is because of doubt, because of past failures. You know what? I tried that gym thing. I tried. I got the membership. I got the clothes. And I actually went for a little bit. But then after a while, I didn't lose the weight like I thought I was going to. Or, you know what? It just didn't work out. You know, I tried to talk to my family members about Jesus. I, I tried to love the person that's in my life. But you know what? They betrayed me. They treated me wrong. And why in the world would I let this happen again in my life? Instead of reaching for Jesus, I'll continue to run. But just like in the picture, we have a direct line to the one in authority. The one who can change everything. A direct line. But instead, you know what? I'm just going to keep on running. I'm going to keep on running because I've been doing it for so long, it's all I know how to do. You know those people who are mad and they just want to stay in their anger? Like they got nothing to be mad about. They're just upset, you know, grouchy. You know, sometimes you go to a restaurant, you got this real bad waiter or waitress. Like what is your problem? And you expect for me to give you a tip? That's what Jesus is saying. You expect for me to bless you? You running away, you acting a fool, but you expect for me to bless you. Can we get the next picture up? So what we do in many times is we deny the power and we step out on our own. I thought this one was funny. What is it's an escalator. It says escalator temporarily stairs. We apologize for the inconvenience. See, what we do is, in many times, we deny the power. Now, how many know an escalator's power? We deny the power, but we do things on our own. Mark 6, 4 and 6. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. 
Now he could do no mighty works there, except that he laid his hand on a few sick people and healed them. This is the part that gets me. It says that he marveled. He who? Jesus. Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. How does the God who created everything marvel? That don't even make sense. He knows everything. He knows beginning and end. But it says that Jesus Christ marveled. I got a crazy question for you. Have you been saved too long? That's a crazy question, right? When you think about we go out on outreach, right? Did you have outreach yesterday? Great. So you went and talked to some people and the, and the whole conversation was boiling down to salvation, right? But have you been saved for too long? Are you too familiar with God? Are you too familiar with Jesus Christ? See, we get familiar with the church practice. Obviously, you can see that this morning we ain't from here. We sing the song a little different, right? So it, it, it's a little awkward, you know, like I don't know the clap or the stump. It gets a little awkward. Sometimes we stop right there. We're not familiar with the ritual. Um, I've been to many of our churches. When we go to Arizona, we drive and we stop in all the churches. When I travel, we stop in. And they all have different ritualistic things that we do. But the problem is we get those things mixed up with understanding God. No, you understand church. You don't understand God. There's a big difference, right? I don't care if you go into a Baptist. I don't care if you go into a small church, a mega church. That's a church. We don't understand God. We understand the church. You know, it's very interesting that we start thinking we can outthink Jesus, right? You pre-think. Some of us are analytical thinkers. You're going through something and like, oh, I know God's going to do this next. What type of foolishness? How do you know what God's going to do? But we've seen it so many times. Bro, it played out like this last time. So he's going to, no, no. It doesn't always work out like that. I want to look at Job. Job was a man that a lot of people really don't understand. You know, he had riches. He had all of these great things because he was a man of God. But let me tell you what happened with Job. Now, this isn't the beginning of the Job. This, this is towards the end. Job chapter 38, 1 through 4. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Darkens counsel. What that means is God is asking Job, Who is this got the nerve to question me? I am over the counsel. He says, Now prepare yourself like a man. He put Job in his place. He said, now prepare yourself like a man. I will ask you questions and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you can even understand it. That's verse one. Do you know what uh, what God did? He went on for 71 verses, 71 verses to tell Job about who he was. You know what Job's response was after 71 verses? It goes into another chapter. God was mad. Job 43 through 4. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? Like, come on. 
Have you ever been in a situation where, you know, you got your commander, you may have your sergeant, you may have your, you know, whatever it may be in your branch, or you, you got your, your boss? What do you say when it's true? Like, what else can you say to him? So Job said, what shall I answer you? I lay my hands over my mouth. That's what kids do. You know, when kids get in trouble, like. So what he did was, he said, at first, he was acting like he was all high and mighty, like, God, why would these things happen to me? You know, I'm trying to be faithful. But it's very interesting that what he had to do was humble himself. That's why God said, stand before me like a man. And now Job is doing things as a child because he's realizing that he doesn't know God at all. Maybe one reason you're not seeing the results is because instead of listening to God, you're answering for God. And it happens, you know, we, we are spiritual people. What happens is, you know, you go, you have a thought, right? I'm going to do something. or I'm going to start a new career. I'm going to start a new job or God's going to move in my life and I'm going to pray on it. That's what we tell people. And what we do, we do pray, but we already got in the back of our mind what we're going to do, right? All right, God, I need a new car. And these are the reasons I need a new car, God. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray, f- pray, God. God, I need you to move. I need you to tell me exactly what you want me to do to get this Honda, right? So when we're done with all the prayer, in the back of our mind, we already know what we want to do, so we're going to do it, and we put God's stamp on it. And then we get mad when stuff don't work. How many people got a new car before? And then within a year, it starts breaking down. Issues start happening with it. You know, sometimes what that means is you wasn't supposed to have it. (laughs) Sometimes we answered for God. You can do that. It is very common for church folks because we know God. No, you know church. You know how to be in church. And for a lot of us, it all boils down to our last slide, if we can get that one up. thought this one was interesting, too. The courtesy phone is temporarily out of service. For assistance, please call this phone number. See, we have the information, but we don't have the tools. When last time y'all seen a pay phone? Like, some kids are like, what's that? You know what? The interesting thing is, it's not that they don't have pay phone booths. They don't have pay phones. Have y'all seen that? You go places, right? You go by a bus stop. You go by a store. They'll have a pay phone booth, but it's no phone in there. See, the problem is we got all the information. Preacher, I've been going to church all my life, but we lack the tools. You know, it's very interesting. I get a chance to talk to people who are looking for employment. Let me ask you a question. Do you know why people with master's degrees and doctorates have a hard time finding jobs? Any idea? Because they have book knowledge, but they lack work experience. See, they got all the knowledge, right? They've been in school. They've invested time. They've invested money. Been there for years. You know, to get a doctorate degree, you got to be in school at least six to eight years. But you don't know anything. You got knowledge, but you lack the skills. And they get mad. There's people who go to Harvard, Stanford, and they work at McDonald's. Because at the end of the day, 
Yeah, they got a lot of book knowledge. They may know the word, but you lack the skills to use it. Work experience is what it takes. James 2, 14 through 17. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he, was, <coughs> he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace. Now, listen to this. This person is destitute. They don't got nothing to eat, and they naked. Depart in peace. Be warmed and fooled. But with you, <clears throat> but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. You know, the biggest reason why we don't accomplish the things that we want to accomplish is because of us. See, we have a lot of knowledge, right? We know the word. We know church history. We understand things. We even looked into it. You know, YouTube is a research tool for me. I, if I'm looking to buy something, I'll jump on YouTube. I'll research it. But do I put the work in to get it? Do some work. It's not complicated. You know, we make things complicated as Christians. We think that after we get this generosity of salvation, it's simple. Like, wait a minute, all I got to do is believe in God? Yeah, and live for him? Yeah. But now, now that we're Christians, we've been here for a while now. Well, you know what? You got to get deep, brother. You got to get deep, sis. You know what I mean? It, it's something deeper. No, it's very simple. Just do some work. Stop making the things that are easy hard. How do you breathe life into your faith? You work it out. That's what the Bible says. To breathe life into your faith, work it out. How many times have you had these conversations with people? And you're like, hey, man, hey, sis. God loves you. He created all of us. He has a plan for your life. If you don't repent, you're going to hell. And they say, well, I don't believe in God. Show me. That sounds like coincidence. How do you explain that out of them? You can't. There's nothing you can say will change that. You realize that? We call them STWs. I'm sure you call that universal with the church. Strategic time wasters where you're on outreach and this person just isn't getting it. Like, hey, you know, we had one yesterday. We go by a young lady's house and she's a Muslim. And we're like, hey, you know, God loves you. We're not even being deep. I'm, I'm like, hey, Jesus loves you. Hey, your kids look cute. You know, come out to the church. God wants to bless you. No, I'm a Muslim. What, what do you do with that? What you do is you let them see you. You let them see you. When everything is crashing and breaking down around you, what are you doing? Are you running with everybody else? Or are you standing up? Because what that does is they're like, what's wrong with that dude? Hmm. Hmm. Right? When you're in a meeting and everybody should be upset and you're like, eh, it is what it is. When you get a demotion, when you get fired, when you get evicted out of your house, because that's real Christianity, stuff happens. Please don't think that everything's going to be great because you raise your hand. That's just, the Bible says that God reigns on the just and the unjust. But the problem is people forget they're Christian. What are you doing in the midst of everything breaking down? That's what's going to change somebody. You got to get to work. You know, it's very interesting. We take road trips, and I got a small car because I can't afford a larger one. And we're in the car, and my kids are in the back seat, and I always hear my, my legs falling asleep. Well, 
over? You want me to pull over? It's 17 hours to get where we're going. You better move that leg. You got to move it, right? Rub it. I don't do something. I can't stop the car. Your mom can't crawl in the back seat to fix it. You got to fix it. But we're very interested in telling our children what to do, but what will we do? Second Kings chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. But as one was cutting down a tree, the, axe, uh, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it there, and he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, this is Elijah, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. You know what? It happens sometimes. You're doing all the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. You're obedient to God. You're living for him. You're denying all of the stuff of the flesh. You're trying to be the right person. And stuff happens. You're going through life. And what happens is you start to dull a little bit. You know, before you could just go through stuff. You could just cut through stuff. But after a while, you start to get a little dull. You used to just cut through problems. But lately, you're not as sharp as you used to be. That don't mean you're not saved. It just means you're going through it. You're depleted. It takes more effort. I can still get through, but it takes more effort to get things done. You know what? I'm blocked up. I'm out of order, like that first picture. It's not that bottles won't come out of it. It's just it's too much stuff. Do you feel that sometimes? You know, people that deal with anxiety, what it, what it really is is they have no a, a life no different than ours, but in their mind, all the stuff is bottled up right here. Like, how in the world can I get to, to the end of it if I got all this stuff going on? You feel this way. You feel like I can't get through. But here's the miracle. The beautiful miracle of it all is the man of God asked him, where did you lose it? Where did you lose it? See, the problem is a lot of times when we're going through it, we look at the problem that we're going through. But we don't look at where did it start. Uh, one thing that my pastor has taught me, and I thought is it, it's always so true in life, is that the problem is never the problem. You come to me like, hey, I'm broke, I'm homeless, I got an issue, I'm depressed, uh, I can't do this. That's not the problem. The problem is what happened before that. What is deeper inside? Sometimes you ain't digging deep enough. Sometimes the issue is you're trying to deal with this surface stuff, but you got to dig a little bit deeper. And the great thing is if you just go and show God where you lost it, what the man of God do? He raised it back up. In your prayer life, what are you praying about? I hope you're just not having those happy-go-lucky prayers like, God, bless me today, move in this place. You need to have specific prayers. I got a brother at my church. They need a new vehicle. He is he is praying for a burgundy Nissan NV. He is specific with his prayer. You know, the Bible says to do that. He's specific. He knows exactly what he wants. So he's asking God for exactly what he can get. And the miracle is if you go to God and say, look, God, I lost it right here. This is where I fell off a little bit. This is where I'm slipping a little bit. What he'll do, he'll raise it up. But he's still going to make you take it. He's still going to make you do what you have to do. Like, hey, 
this is the area in your life I want to work in, but you're blocked right there. He's not going to unblock it. He's going to be like, you got to work through it. Here's the area. Like, you know what? You're, you're having mind battles. This is a common thing. Mind battles across every Christian. We have times of mind battles where we just can't focus, and God is really telling us to move, and we don't get it. Like, oh, I'm so stressed. And God rises up like, hey, bro, this is what's going on. You know, you're, you're slacking in this area or you need to do this or it may be a generational curse. But you have to do the work. Look at Peter and Judas. You know, the only difference between Peter and Judas is one that he one quit. The only difference between Peter and Judas is one quit. Judas betrayed God. He ran out of commit suicide. That's quitting. You know, a lot of people say, you know what? Because I deal in mental health. They'll say things like, you know what, I just can't take it anymore. It's just overwhelming. I can't do it. I'm just going to take my life. And what they're saying is I'm ready to quit. The only difference between those two people is Peter decided to run. He said, I'm going to keep on going. I don't got it all right. He went back to doing what he was going to do. But he did not quit. That's the only difference. He decided to continue to work. And the beautiful thing is you may be going through it right now. You may be having problems. But if you just keep on working at it, God will move. See, see, when, when Peter betrayed God, he went back to fishing. God didn't stop him from doing that. But Jesus met him out there. He was on the boat. He was fishing. Stuff wasn't working out. But Jesus was on the shore. He's like, hey. I got some fish and some hush puppies. Come on. That man jumped out that boat and swam. Had some Zatarans on it. He jumped out of that boat. And the only difference is he decided to stay a little bit longer. Let me tell you, I've been to your church. There's a few seats in here that's empty that should not be. There's a few people here that I don't see, and they're not out because of family matters. They're not out because they went to the conference. They're just out. Look, we got, you got them in your church and we got them in our church. And the only difference is, bro, you can do it, man. It's, I know it's hard. It's okay. You got some support. Sis, don't go back into our lifestyle. Believe me, I know it's hard, but you got some support. And the only difference is they left. There's a lot of people that I remember seven and six years ago that were here, but they're not because they didn't wait long enough. You know, I got one last picture to show you. We can bring that last picture up. See, we all say that we want to be sold out for God. We all say that. But are we willing to work? This year, 2020, are you really ready to fulfill your destiny? I'm reading here. I'm looking. It says all of these things says 10 and up. What are some of the things that you want to accomplish? What are the things that you want to do? Do you really want to do this stuff or is it just on the wall? Because if you really want to do it, if you really want to be sold out for God, if you really want to see your destiny, you'll get back to work. You know, I don't even have (laughs) social media, but all over the place you see 2020 vision. I mean, that's the most, I mean, they didn't even think hard on that 2020 vision. Uh, for, for Newport News, you know, it's the year of vision Pastor Mitchell has put out. So all of this vision, but believe me, that's just words. It's just words. What will you do to see it? What will you do to see it in December? See, it's easy to say in January, 
But what will you do from January to December to see it at the end of the year? What will you do to accomplish the vision, to be really sold out for God? Not just lip service. That's easy. Anybody can do that. But what will you do to be really be sold out for Jesus Christ? Will you put in the work? Will you start today? Let me get every head bowed. You know, obviously, I'm not your pastor. I love your pastor. You can just tell that Pastor Dragoon has a heart for people. He is one of those people where, I mean, he just exudes love. He exudes passion. He's one of those people that you can tell that he's genuine. He's not trying to be raised up. He's not trying to have a platform. He's just trying to preach God. And I know that in this church, you are loved. I know each and every one of you are loved. I know in this church that you have all the tools that you need to accomplish. And y'all got a kitchen. You ain't got no kitchen. You got a broken bathroom. You have all the things you need to accomplish it because more than anything, you got Jesus Christ here. What will you do? Are you willing to work this year? I know it's hard and I know you don't feel like it. I don't feel like you think I, I feel like getting up every morning, living for God. You think I feel like sitting down, writing sermons and going to church. just because my pastor. Let me tell you that that title means nothing. That title means that I'm a nobody to know somebody. But my question is to you, what will you do this year? You've already examined your life. We don't got to do that right now. You examine your life on the 31st. You examine your life on the 1st. And you say, you know what? These things I want to accomplish this year. Are you ready to work? Maybe you're like me. Maybe you've already failed in a few areas. It's only the 12th of the month. You're looking like, how in the world can I get past this other 348 days? Get back to work. It's not complicated. God is very, very willing. You know, God is one of those people, or God is, is, the, is the one that says that all you have to do is come to me. You don't have to do anything crazy. just got to live for me. If you want something, I'm willing to give it to you. You just got to do a little bit of work. That's how I was raised. Like, you're not going to get a handout. But if you're willing to work for it, man, you can have everything that you want. What about you, Saint? I've talked about me. I've talked about some of the things that I've been through. Are you really ready to see these things work out in 2020? Are you really ready to tap in? Are you really ready to be sold out for God? Not just words, but really sold out for God. That people can see it in you. Not they can hear it from you, but they can see it in you that you're restored. The beautiful thing is that the Bible says that every morning that you wake up is a new chance for mercy. It says in his word that his mercies are new every morning. Just that you're here is a beautiful testament of how much God loves you. Please don't let this time slip away. Don't be like so many people that's like, ah, I'll do it next time. You know what? There's always next year or I'll start Monday. Let me tell you, you may not make it to Monday. My wife just had a, her cousin driving down the road. He was thrown through the windshield. He hit a tree. Thrown through the windshield. 
They told that man that he shouldn't be here, that he wouldn't walk for a year. God bless him to walk out of that hospital three days later. What about you? Everybody don't get that type of testimony. Everybody don't get that. You can walk into traffic tomorrow and leave this place. God can rapture us up and you could be sitting here. What will you do? Church, service is not just a time that we hear the word and we sing a few songs. It's a time for restoration. Who in this place wants restoration? If you are backslidden, if you're not saved, raise your hand. I see the hand. You can put it down. God wants to touch you. He wants to move. Isn't it so beautiful that God says, you know what? I, you can't tell me what you did because I already know. Even though you did all that stuff, I still want you. I'm willing to work with you. The beautiful thing about God is you're not working by yourself. To be honest with you, you're not really doing that much work at all. You just got to show up. And God will fight through with you. I saw one hand. What about you? What about you, man? What about you, sir? Are you ready to really get things accomplished this year? Are you really ready for God to move inside of your life? Raise your hand. It's nothing hard. See, children raise their hand because they know. They know who their mom and dad is. They know that they love them and that no matter what they do, they'll always have love. And children are okay with repentance. It's adults who aren't. See, adults, sometimes we shun authority. We don't want to be told that we're doing something wrong. Please don't let that be you. Don't miss the opportunity. I'm not going to hold too much longer. Don't miss the opportunity for God to move inside of you. Any more people, you can raise your hand. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.